Hello, everyone. This is Aquila, the Realist Woman. Oh my gosh, this is the first episode of Self Care is Spiritual. I am so excited. I can't even tell you. <laughs> um, many, many people have asked me why I haven't done a podcast, um, particularly for the Realist Woman. And I just, I didn't really know the answer to it. But this particular podcast on spirituality, self-care, and the intertwining of both, it just feels so right. It feels so aligned. And I'm just really excited to um, be able to deliver this kind of content because I'm really passionate about it. It's I actually live what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I just want to share it with you. And while my background... Um, really does involve a lot of Christianity. Um, You don't have to be a Christian in order to learn and receive, um, you know, wonderful information about the spirit, about self-care, as I'm going to be talking about universal things and universal topics that apply to each and every single one of us. So again, thank you for joining me. Um, today's episode, not going to be super long, um, but I will be talking about a little bit of my background um, in terms of my spiritual journey, four profound moments of um, really encountering God and, um, you know, my journey um, of self-care, which really only started uh, this year, 2021. So um, let's get started. Um, I will say um, I did not grow up in church. When I did go to church, I was forced as a child. (laughs) Um, Church was scary to me. I went to black churches. And while I love and appreciate um, a majority black church today, as a child, I didn't understand them people catching the Holy Ghost, running around, people crying, people fainting. The music was really, really loud. It was just a lot as a kid. Um, So I did not, again, grow up in church. I kind of grew up with a lot of televangelists. Um, But even then, I didn't believe them. (laughs) I thought they were full of shit. Um, Maybe there's a a few people who are the exception. Um, when it comes to televangelism, but uh, not a lot. So my first profound moment of kind of encountering God um, was when I was 18 years old and I was praying. Um, Before then, if I had prayed, I wasn't really a person who believed that what I prayed for was going to happen. Praying for me was kind of like making a wish on a star. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and hoping that wish would come true. I didn't have a lot of belief because again, I kind of just, I didn't know who God was. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't give him any time. I didn't give him any energy. I had been through a lot as a kid and as a teenager and I kind of felt like he wasn't around. Um, so praying for me was just speaking to no one, but just expressing a wish, I guess. Um, and then I always felt small. I felt like I was standing against the ocean and the tides were coming in and going out and I was shrinking. So when I prayed, I felt like I was shrinking. And when I prayed, I didn't believe. (laughs) 
But then one day I had read about someone asking God to come into their hearts. And I didn't know what that meant, but I thought my praying game, you know, whatever I'm doing isn't working. So let me try this. I was 18. I guess I graduated from high school and I knew I was about to step onto a different level of life. Being an adult, going to school, getting a job. And I guess I just wanted to see if God was going to be around. I don't know. I still don't know. But I thought I'm going to try this asking God to come into my heart thing. And sure enough, oh my God, um, instead of feeling like I was shrinking, I felt like I was expanding like my body was expanding like I was growing into a giant, (laughs) like the Incredible Hulk. It was so wild. And I knew that that was God. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't like church. I thought the televangelists were full of shit. But I felt God, that expansive feeling. I felt so powerful. Um... I knew that was him. So I would love to say that from then on, I went to church and I read the Bible and I, I didn't do anything after that. I just kind of felt like, okay, there's something about you that's real because I have felt you. So um, after that, um, I want to say two years later, I was in school and I took a um, religious anthropology class and we were watching a documentary on the Hajj pilgrimage to Mecca. It's where Muslims um, take a pilgrimage to Mecca, basically. And I never heard about this. And I was very curious about it, though, in watching it. Um, So this is 2005. This was at a time. This was only four years after 9-11. And what we know is that at that time, um, the Bush administration had villainized Muslims, right, in order to, um, you know, develop this propaganda against Muslims to defend his reasons for going into the Middle East and, and um, yeah, like, you know, starting war there. So to justify that. So I, I knew that that was bullshit. Um, I didn't think all Muslims were bad. He wanted people to think all Muslims were bad and were terrorists and and what have you. And that administration was full of shit. So that was that. Um, I'm watching this pilgrimage to Mecca. And all I see and what I had known was that the majority of these people are so peaceful. They were so committed. They make all these sacrifices to go. You know, it takes money. It takes time to get there. Um, and I just thought it was such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And in class, as I'm watching these people, I just felt very overwhelmed. I wanted to cry. I felt that there was a peace within them and that peace was able to be, um, transferred onto me and watching them. I kind of felt jealous at their commitment to God, their commitment to Allah, I was like, why am I not like this? Why am I, <laughs> why am I such a shady little Christian? <laughs> and in that moment, I just, I felt God again. I just felt him there. Those Muslims inspired me to become a better Christian. So that was my second profound moment of like feeling God. Um, planted another seed in me. Um, the third moment came maybe a year later when my really good and wonderful friend Bridget invited me to her church. 
Now, I hadn't been to church since I was a child, so, you know, this was a big step for me. But in me wanting to become a better Christian, being inspired by the Hajj pilgrimage to Mecca, I um, I said yes to her invitation. and And of course I went, and people were so lovely, and they were so kind. Um, and I just thought, this is not scary. This is, this is, this is not scary. And I definitely felt God's peace and presence there. It was just so sincere. It was so freaking sincere. Um, so that was another seed planted. I felt God in that moment. And I thought, okay, this is not a scary place. I don't know that this church is for me. It was a little quiet. <laughs> It was a little quiet. The black church was was really loud as a kid. And then in this majority white church with a sprinkle of, you know, others, but majority white, it was a little quiet for me. So I thought, okay, I need a, I need kind of a middle, you know, um, if I do go to church, you know. So that was my third profound moment. And then my fourth happened when I was living and working in the Northern Virginia area. As a writer, I went with friends to the Smithsonian um, National Museum of Natural History. And we walk into the Minerals and Gems exhibit or area. And oh my God, here we go again. (laughs) I wanted to cry. I felt God. I felt God. I couldn't believe, first of all, what I was seeing. I'd never been around so many crystals and gems and stones. And it was just so beautiful. I was so in awe. I couldn't, but I was just like, God, I don't, I don't know anything about you, but this is not man. (laughs) This is you. Only you could do this. Only you could do this. I'd bet my life on it. I felt him there. I felt him in that moment. And not too long after that, I went to church. <laughs> it was the crystals that <laughs> that did it for me. I don't know. But I just felt him. And I thought, okay, I have felt you quite a few times. Let me get to know you. Went to church, learned so much, learned the Bible. I didn't know the Old Testament from the New. I knew nothing about anything when it came to the Christian world, when it came to the Bible, when it came to Jesus, when it came to what the whole point of the Bible was. And um, over the years, I have come to find out um, the Bible is very powerful. Um, Many scholars, philosophers, um, you know, I mean, just really um, prominent um, intellectual people from all around the world you know, they, a lot of their um, wisdom and their lessons are grounded in the Bible. You know, I didn't know this, but I found out. So um, I have been very blessed to have found wonderful churches um, and and learned so much. But, um, you know, I have to say, it's really easy to kind of kind of get trapped in what I would like to call a Christian bubble 
where you're not kind of open to anything outside of that little Christian world. Um, I can really only speak for myself, but, um, uh, you know, there is God outside of that bubble. And that's what I have come to found in recent years, particularly um, 2020. A few things happened. Uh, we had a pandemic, which we're still in. Um, we had a um, uprising, okay, towards racial uh, equality and racial justice. And I would like to say that started with the Maude Aubrey, but it really started with George Floyd and his murder. Um, this racism against black people, it wasn't just in our heads anymore. We weren't just, you know, being dramatic. Um, there was no way to gaslight us anymore because this was very, very real and very, very graphic. This modern day lynching, this very, very clear murder of a black man. In that moment, um, those days after his murder, I just felt like many in my community, so devastated, so depressed. The thing that did lift me out, my self-care was the Bible. <laughs> my self-care in particular was um, the book of Job, which is the most depressing book. <laughs> depressing, but I want to say it's Job and Psalms where my God, if you're ever going through anything, you will find yourself. You will find your anger. You will find your sorrow. You will find your suffering. You will find you. You will find you. And the book of Job was the very thing that helped me climb out of my very deep, dark trench in those days after George Floyd and after learning about Breonna Taylor. So, um... That was that. Um, it inspired me to kind of write about my experience receiving self-care through the Bible. That was kind of the beginning, I guess, of my, my self-care journey. Um, but something else happened in 2020. I met someone, fell in love, and just as fast as we fell in love, the whole relationship blew up with some very bad news. And I'm not a woman who worries about being in my, <laughs> I'm going to say mid to late 30s. <laughs> um, I don't worry about my age and starting a family and blah, 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 blah. But my God, you know, here I thought this was about to happen and it didn't. And I have to credit my my spiritual foundation for keeping me afloat, but I definitely felt like I was just barely staying afloat. I was doing all the things a good Christian is supposed to do. You read the Bible, you believe, you go to church, you pray, you do all of the things that you're supposed to do to get out of your trench. I couldn't this time. Yes, the Bible helped but it couldn't lift me completely out. And maybe it's not the Bible, maybe it was my belief, because it really is belief that lifts you out of your shit. But I cried out to God and I asked him, I need your help. I need help. 
I need to get out of this. I'm depressed. I'm crying every other day. I don't feel stable. I feel like I'm a crazy person. And that led me to a world that is actually outside of the Christian bubble. It doesn't mean it's a world where God is not in. It's just not in the Christian bubble. Um, I was led to this amazing program um, called the Rapid Abundance uh, Program. I was led to its founder, this wonderful, amazing woman, um, Anastasia Girali. And I was led to her beautiful community of women who were taking the brave steps of going into their trauma and their triggers and healing and releasing that pain and rewriting their stories. Um, And in the process of doing so, you practice self-care. And in the practice of self-care, you take into account um, your spirit. You take into account spirituality. So for me, this was really the first time I had awoken to myself that I realized what was going on with me, what was going on with the fact that I couldn't be vulnerable. All of those profound times that I felt, God, I could not cry because I didn't feel it was safe to be vulnerable. And that came from childhood and that came from abandonment issues. It came from um, fear. Uh, It came from um, just a lot of childhood things that I never um, faced. And with this program, I was um, able to face them and I was able to overcome and work on myself and awaken to myself. I didn't realize that my relationships, my friendships, my familiar relationships were all codependent and unhealthy and not serving me. Um, And I realized it's not selfish to care for yourself. And I really do believe it takes a spiritual foundation um, and whatever that looks like for you um, to enact change. Everything starts internal. And after that, your environment changes. So that is my spiritual and self-care journey in less than 20 minutes. Um, I will get into specifics. I will get into meditation and mindfulness and nature and connecting with the body and all that I'm learning about self-care and the spirit. Because again, for me, both are intertwined. I cannot have one without the other. You know, yes, we are called to love and to serve, but if we cannot love ourselves, my God, I don't know what that looks like for everybody else around us. You can't love yourself. So I'm really excited. I just kind of wanted you to know kind of how I got here. Um, I only really awoken to myself in 2021. So it's a very, um, you know, I've had a limited journey so far. 
but I've had really profound moments that I want to share and I hope to just impart wisdom. I hope to impart some knowledge and I want to just encourage you to take yourself into account and to really create a ritual that works for you, a spiritual foundation that's going to hold you when life comes at you. Um, Because life is going to come at you. Um, I am learning, though, that life doesn't happen to us. It happens from us. Um, Some things are out of our hands, and it's all about how we respond. And I believe that a spiritual foundation and a foundation in self-care and knowing what that is and what it looks like um, will help you, will help you overcome, will help you expand, and will help you achieve everything that you're supposed to and then some. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm going to be doing this every single Sunday. <laughs> so I hope you come back. Check out um, the Realist Woman blog um, on Instagram for updates on what episodes are up and coming. And um, eventually this podcast will have its own Instagram account. But for now, um, you can find me through the Realist Woman blog um, and therealistwoman.com. Um, if there are any topics that you would like me to talk about, I'm so open to that. I am going to be interviewing wonderful people to talk about these things with me. And um, I'll be excited to share that all with you. So love you all. Take care of yourself. Um, and I will be back with another episode next Sunday. Love you all. Bye bye.